Hello there, my lovely Wibbly Wampus. This is John in the Yetta Bay with some fantastic news for just you. Our latest show had too much content, so we decided to cut a chunk out and give it to you on the down low. Anyways, enjoy this 30 minutes of more Han Solo talk that I'm sure you've heard a billion times. Catch you on the flip side. Last week we went over uh, Solo and some of the uh concerns and some of the potential the film has and in that time we've been watching some of the trailers that came out specifically the uh, the second full length one since we kind of decided last time that we're all pretty excited for the movie itself to come out and we have some opinions on that trailer that uh that i think we'd like to share with everybody that sounds good to me. All right. Do you want to start us off on this one? Because you have some very <laughs> extensive notes, I believe. Yeah, I um, we Ian and I went about this in uh, completely different ways. Where I think he kind of just went over the things he saw. I kind of went second by second of each scene. So let me see if I can uh, tone that down just a little bit and not make it nearly as monotonous as it could be. John is a very detailed individual. Sometimes. Only sometimes. I think we'll hear a little bit more about that in our later segment when we go over uh, costuming. True. Yeah. But for now, solo trailer breakdown. What do you got for me? Alright, so most of my notes are from the second uh, trailer that was released about, was it? A week ago? Was it a week um, ago? It feels like a morning? month ago. Right? <laughs> it's not coming soon enough. Uh, May 25th is, for some reason, getting further and further away. That's how it works. We get to it. That's how it works. But one of the things I noticed when the trailer opens is it's it's a shot of an urban landscape. Uh, could this be Corellia? I hope so. That would be cool. We've yep. never seen anything in canon on Corellia. I don't think they ever went there in the Clone Wars. Uh... Yeah, I don't you believe so, so either. Um, but one of the cool shots in that is there's a Star Destroyer uh, being constructed uh, in atmosphere. Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting because we don't, other than the Death Star construction, we don't see a lot of the Imperial infrastructure being built up in the other movies. It's just kind of already there. So it would be kind of cool to see uh, a time period where we're shifting away from the old republic clone wars technology and into the the major military machine that is the empire and seeing kind of some of that manufacturing and how it's affecting the the uh common citizen is it might be pretty interesting to see i think it would tie in well with the whole underground uh hitting the streets type of story that it looks like we're going to get in Solo. I, I think you hit it uh, a little bit harder than I did. I was mostly uh, interested in why they chose to build a spaceship in atmosphere rather than in a space dock in space, <laughs> where I'm assuming it's infinitely cheaper to uh, move, move things around, move supplies around, uh, just because you don't have to use repulsor coils or some sort of engine to keep the dry dock in the air that's that's a fair <laughs> that's a fair assessment i didn't say it was a effective industrial complex 
<laughs> and if this does happen to be a shipyard in Karel on Karelia, um, I got way too into this part and looked up who was the actual manufacturer of the Imperial Star Destroyers. This is in the old EU or new? Yeah, but I just went on Wikipedia and looked up what corporations there were out there because I know uh, Sinar Fleet Systems does the ties, so I wasn't sure who did the capital ships. Um, though I, I did note did note in Wikipedia that the Karelian Engineering Corps, or I think Corporation, um, is known for building uh, Imperial capital ships, and they're renowned for being the fast like faster variants of those ships mm -hmm. so i mean it could be Corellia. this could be the Corellia and engineering corporation that's all hearsay it and everything i took is from legends right so that's kind of cool yeah i i like it when they take they've been doing that with uh the new movies and a little bit um in rogue one and everything where they're taking these concepts and the tv shows too they're taking concepts from the the old canon and bringing them back and i really enjoy when they do that because you get to see familiar stuff that you really enjoy but in new ways exactly uh the next shot uh in the trailer this is again the the second row full length release trailer yep uh is a shot of that uh that beach uh where we first see uh what's her name Enfy's nest Enfy's nest Enfy's is that nest. a beach well i, I mean i didn't uh, notice the ocean it kind of looked deserty to me well i'll google it up again but there on the Ooh. far right of the of the screen was a large tower and that screamed to me that that was a that had to be a ship um which in one of the tv spots later uh, is seen flying around so i was so stoked i nailed that <laughs> yeah yeah you were pretty excited about that when we watched the the second spot you're just like i knew it i knew it we then have a shot of actress Thandie Newton's character. Uh, do you have what her character's name Val is? Val is her name. Val? Okay. We haven't uh, seen a lot of her. Not yet. So maybe she's a mystery character. Hopefully she has a bigger part in it than what we've seen. I think so, because she seems to be pretty chummy with uh, to Tobias. Right. Maybe part of his existing group. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I was... I like the half a second shot of her writing her, her weapon... Solely because the the um, the the uh, optic she had on the weapon mm -hmm. is something that I actually own for my airsoft guns, oh. so that made me that trigger like oh now I need to find out what the rest of the prop is made out of or if it's based on anything to try to make this. Uh, that's because you you don't have enough blasters. Uh, yeah, I don't have yeah, exactly. It was like what, like seven E11s somewhere. I have in partial states of creation. Yeah, I think I have about six E11s, which is actually something we'll go over later tonight. Absolutely. The next part we get is a shot of what appears to be the train heist uh, in progress. Uh, this was cool because it has the new range troopers uh, duking it out with presumably Solo and Chewie on, on top of the train and on the side of the train. It looks like their giant boots have some sort of uh, magnetic clamping or maybe some other fancy Star Wars way of being able to support a a trooper while horizontal to the or perpendicular to the ground on the side of the trains. Whenever uh, whenever I played, uh, I used to play the Old Republic game 
uh, extensively, and I was in a, a role-playing guild, and I played a, a trooper, and whenever he needed to attach himself to something or be on the outside of a ship or something, I'd always claim, yeah, I've got mag boots, and I wasn't ever 100% sure if that was a Star Wars thing, but now it seems like it is, or there's an option for it, something similar, so retroactively, I was right. That's cool, because... I I had purchased the the Hasbro Black Series six inch Range Trooper. It's a cool looking. Was marveling at how big his feet were because of his boots, and how easy it made him stand. Unlike all of the other figures. Yeah, there there is definitely a standing problem with those six inches. Now the next shot, uh, I really enjoyed. I feel like I'm going to keep saying that. But, uh, it's a as, good trailer. You right? can enjoy things. As mentioned several times on this podcast, maybe once or twice, I'm a big Imperial fanboy. Just, so, just a little one. So seeing a Star Destroyer being built, it's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, seeing new range troopers, it's pretty cool. Mm. The next shot had an ATST appearing to have been dropped from somewhere. Um, and in the middle of a battle... With what appeared to be uh, Imperial Army troopers, which I don't think have been canon for an incredibly long time. I think they showed up in the uh, original Battlefront 2. I cannot remember, but... No, they weren't in the the original Battlefront 2. Okay. Um, I didn't play it, so I'm a bad gamer. But... We'll fix that for a different podcast. Exactly. Uh, so what these these troopers have been identified as is mud troopers. Yep. And they look basically like General Veers, but in his uh, ADAT commander uh, outfit, except actually on the ground doing combat with... They have uh, big goggles and respirators on. And I'm super excited about that uh, because I can build that costume pretty quickly. And... I've always been a fan of the Imperial uh, Imperial Army troops. Uh, I like the idea that uh, these stormtroopers are supposed to be the elite of the military, and there's and they support the the backbone of a human or you know uh, lightly armored infantry army. And they've they've moved away from that concept. Yes. And this might be their way of kind of bringing it back in. Like, one of the things that I was kind of quizzical about in Rogue One was when, like, stormtroopers were acting as prison security as well as all the other things that stormtroopers do. I thought that kind of a role would have been really good for these types of troopers. So this might be an attempt to bring that back, make the stormtroopers more of the elites again. Or these could just be a different class of stormtrooper. Yes, and my thought, and I think we've we discussed this off the podcast that they could be a transitional um, kind of army, like a, a planetary militia versus a galactic standard for uh, imperial forces. Because mm. we do know that because of this, uh, the action figures coming out. 
there is a, a stormtrooper called the Mimben Stormtrooper who appears to be super muddy, just kind of like the mud troopers. So I have a feeling that we're going to see them fighting side by side and maybe phasing out these lightly armored infantry into uh, the white armor that we all know and fear and respect. Mostly just fear and shoot at. The rest of my notes on the, the second trailer are, are more of just... They're a lot smaller. Not not much that we need to go into. Um, we see uh, Woody Harrelson's character, Tobias Beckett, uh, and it looks like he has the same kind of pistol that Cassie and Andor had, the uh, A280 CFE, which I, am I cannot remember what the CFE stands for. Incredibly impressed that you know that off the top of your head. Um, well, I've, I've built a couple, so <laughs> I, I know what they are. Well, still. Uh, though... On a side note, his the pop figure that has Tobias Beckett in a Mud Trooper uniform, he is actually carrying a uh, DL44 like Han Solo's, but it has an extended barrel and a wooden uh, buttstock, which is something that the C96 Mauser that the DL44 was based on was able to do in World War One and early World War Two. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Um, what else do we got? Oh, there's another Wookiee. Who could it be? Yeah, we've last, already talked about. We this. already talked I'm about that it's last Lumpy. time. It's probably Mala, or it's probably just you know maybe maybe the other Wookiee general that was hanging out with Chewbacca when he helped the traitorous Yoda escape. That that Wookiee had very distinctive fur. I don't think it was <laughs> that particular one. Let me get a shot of the the tentacle monster in space again, which I think Ian and I have both. Agreed is probably part of the Kessel Run. Yeah, it seems like it'll be uh, a bit different than the EU explanation of the Kessel Run, where it's very close to black holes. Yeah, they have to fly through the Maw, which is a system of black holes. I I have a feeling that they decided to do a tentacle monster thing to make it more dangerous, and because black holes, if they want to do them realistically, it really wouldn't make sense on the small screen. They want to stop... uh... They want to stop the decrying of needing hard science in the space in the uh, space movie fantasy, about space wizards and tentacle monsters in space and whales that can destroy ships. <laughs> exactly. Uh, good old, <laughs> uh, good old Purgle. Bring him back. Hashtag bring back the Purgle. Hashtag bring back the Purgle. Hey, you know what? All we see is tentacles, like. That could be just a really giant purgle. That's that's what I'm hoping. I'm truly <laughs> hoping that. All right, and I I'm hope down. I'm disappointed too. So, because if it's not that, then whatever. But yeah, it's fine. I won't be upset. The calamari run. Let's do it. Yes, mm, delicious. Uh, and we got Han doing the classic. I've got a bad feeling, but he's got a good feeling. Now we did an episode on fan service, and every movie has had a. I've got a bad feeling about this moment. Or several. I, I like how they did this. They they took a concept that we all know, and they kind of flipped it around, but they kept it there. Which I appreciate the Kazdins, the screenwriters, uh, keeping in this movie. And like I keeping it in the franchise. I think that's something that maybe not every fan knows, but Lawrence Kasdan has written solo... For the majority of Solo's existence. So that would be 
He's he wrote with uh, he wrote for Empire Strikes Back. He wrote for Return of the Jedi, and he wrote for The Force Awakens. So a lot. He he knows this character very well, and he worked with George Lucas on the character. So anybody who has concerns that people are not going to stay true to the character of Han Solo, which we discussed last time, is is a concern. I think that they can rest a little bit easier knowing that someone who is responsible for the Han that we know, or at least partially responsible for the Han that we know, is in charge of writing that character for this yes, project. Yes, definitely. Another thing I'm surprised that they included in the trailer was a mention of Chewbacca's actual age. I thought mm-hmm. that they would save that sort of thing for, uh, well, even if they ever said it, that they would, they wouldn't put it in a trailer. Uh, his age, of course, being 190 ish, I believe they said. Yeah, I, I believe he's supposed to be 200 in A New Hope, so it, it, the, the math checks out. Okay. One thing that was kind of interesting about that scene, and we we learned this from the the Star Wars show. Uh, available on YouTube and at StarWars.com, I believe, is that uh, Lawrence Kasdan and John Kasdan, his son, both of whom uh, wrote the film, they made a point to write out all of Chewbacca's lines so that uh, Alden Ehrenreich... Did I do it right? Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. I think I got it right, yeah. Um... But they wrote out all of Chewbacca's lines so that Alden Ehrenreich could... So close. I, yeah, I know. Could uh, understand what Chewbacca was saying. So even though the audience doesn't, uh, him as, as an actor can respond kind of more appropriately to the actions. Whereas I think in, in other films, they were just written out as feelings or moans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that to be... Uh, a really interesting little tidbit of information. And I'd like to get my hands on the script to actually see that afterwards. I think it's really cool that they, they wrote it out like that. It It's going to... It's going to make the interactions between the characters a lot more interesting. Uh, we know that Han Solo can speak... Uh, Shiriwook. Thank you. You're I will never pronounce be able to pronounce that if it's okay that you can never pronounce Alden Ehrenreich. <laughs> I, so, I I got it once. I got it once. So, but now we actually get to see, um, or at least hear, a conversation that doesn't feel like it was just a response to a noise, but a response to actual words and actual uh, feelings um, that are conveyed with those words. And I so think I it, think that will do a lot to help build uh, Chewbacca's character even more to not just being the the alien, un, uh, non-understandable sidekick of everyone's hero. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's I think it's also going to help uh, uh, the new Chewbacca actor, obviously, um, Peter... Uh, Dinklage? No. <laughs> Mayhew, Peter yeah, Mayhew. Peter Mayhew uh, is is getting up there in in years, and he's having some some movement problems now. So uh, the new actor Junis Suotamo, which uh, uh, thanks for 
Thank you, Solo, for casting people whose names I can't pronounce properly. Uh, I think it'll help him get into Chewbacca's character a little bit more. Get oh. inside the head. Oh, absolutely. So, and I think we'll get a better performance out of him as Chewbacca because of that. And I wonder, it'd be, I'd be curious to know if they wrote out Chewbacca's lines for The Last Jedi as well. Because wasn't, wasn't uh, Junus Sutamo also Chewie in that movie? Yes, I believe his name is uh, a Y sounding for the J. Oh, so Eunice. Yes. All right, great. Another person I can't pronounce. One day, like, <laughs> one day we're going to meet these people and shake hands with them, and then they're just going to lean in real close and be like, we know you don't know how to pronounce it. And then I'll be completely <laughs> embarrassed and honored that they listen to this podcast. It's okay, Ian. Oh, ow. <laughs> yes. Okay, June. Yoon, it's a it's a Y sounding J. Oh, another Y sounding J. <laughs> I'm bad at this game. So that pretty much wrapped it up for the trailer. Uh, for for the second trailer, um, we've we've gone a little bit longer on this, I think, than we meant to go. Maybe. But I know that you had a couple uh, other uh, observations from a couple of the other spots. Yeah. Well, one thing I really enjoyed as a whole from all the trailers we've seen is that they they haven't spoiled the bad guys. Mm. We we have enough information to know okay, Emphis Nest is the the strange armored person and she's a bad guy. We we get enough information to know that there's this other gangster crime lord and oh what's what's his name we had this issue earlier and i did. kept calling him quinlan voss you kept calling him quinlan voss <laughs> because his last name is also voss but i believe his name is dryden voss okay yeah, played yeah, by yeah. paul bettany and so we know we know he exists we can see that he's got some some dangerous skills we see that uh emphis nest looks intimidating and imposing and we see a little bit of action from her but we we don't get any dialogue from those characters and i think that's something that we see in trailers these days is we get a little bit too much information Mm -hmm. uh, and i'd like to see that they're keeping some things back uh that that makes me very very excited uh about learning about these characters and then the the other note real quick I wanted to go over um, was the the kind of high life scenes where uh, Han is meeting up with Kira and it kind of looks like maybe a, 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 a club or a casino type it would be interesting to see how this scene feels versus kind of the, the crime boss palace that Jabba has Mm. Where it's it's kind of like he, he's a big powerful person, but he's also, you know, it's kind of backwater. Surrounded himself with low lifes, right? It's kind of backwater and 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 crummy. And then also comparing it to the Canto Bite sequence, which is kind of like the opposite end of that scale, where it's like overly uh, indulgent and and uh, fancy and all that so i I, i'm interested to see how that plays out this could be 
a little intro into where Lando gets his style. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like Cloud City is kind of it's not quite Canto Bite, uh, but you know, it's it's definitely not uh, Jabba's Palace or even even uh, Maz's Castle. Right. Maybe maybe closer to to Coruscant. Uh, and that's what I kind of got the vibe from those those high society scenes we've seen. It's kind of the uh, the upper echelons of uh, Coruscant, Coruscanti, Cor- Coruscantian life that we used to or that we'd see in the Clone Wars or in um, Attack of the Clones. Revenge. Yeah, yeah, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, and it's uh, one of my favorite things about Lando is is uh, Donald Glover who's playing him in the film kind of came out and said that Lando might not know exactly what he's doing, but he's dressing like he knows what he's (laughs) doing. Like he's, he's, he, you know, you gotta, you gotta dress for the job you, you want, not the, the job you have sort of thing. And he's dressing like the, the most, awesome dude in the galaxy <laughs> with all that swag just so, for the job you want yeah so um i if 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 anything else i'm actually really most excited uh in learning more about lando and seeing donald donald glover play lando i think i'm, I'm more into that than than han solo and i'm sure han solo is going to be great and so is chewbacca but uh i think of the three characters we know i'm, I'm stoked to see donald glover as lando the most and uh, just one side note as we wrap this up, I've come up just now with a fantastic new Hot Topics segment, oh, and I'm calling it, Will This Piss Off Ian? I'm pretty so, sure we started this segment uh, in an earlier episode. Oh, this is going to be official, though. This is going to be a theme that I will put in right now. This is a test of the emergency Ian system. Ian has strong opinions. No, just no. Let's no. I'm the kind of person who will say a lot and then go home and yell things. You know, I thought we were gonna get through one episode without you mentioning Jedi treason. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna yell things. I don't know what I expected. I can't believe he made a theme. He says he's gonna make a theme. I haven't heard it yet. I just can't believe he's doing it. It's the power of being the show's editor. Yeah, great, fantastic. All right. So, so what what are you okay. what are you trying to piss me off so, with? So. In Star Wars, in all Star Wars media, it's games, like. uh, or video games, the pen and paper games that we enjoy, RPGs, uh-huh. uh, and the shows, and all of Star Wars, mm-hmm. there seems to be a divide between the good guys and the bad guys. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, it is but a for, traditional story For whatever like that. reason, in Star Wars, you have two criminals that are on, two, like two groups of people that you would commonly consider criminals on both sides okay. maybe not even criminals I'll say uh, on the imperial side the dark side you, we always have the bounty hunters uh-huh um, you see where I'm going with this already I, I know I think, where you're going I think, with I this. think you know on the rebel side or the light side we have smugglers uh-huh now we mentioned in the other part in the last episode how Han isn't a good guy. He's he's a drug smuggler. He's you know we don't know what else he smuggled. 
Um, we know drugs, for one. Exactly. So what we have in this movie is a smuggler and a pirate. At least that's what we see. At the beginning, it looks like he's making a good decision to serve the serve the Empire, you know, and to help the galaxy. We don't know that. Um, but at some point, he's obviously recruited into some sort of life of crime. Uh-huh. And what we're getting in this film are... Or is a is a rebel hero, a a, a hero to generations, uh-huh. who will actively be doing crime, like actual crime. Where in in the other movies he's he's fighting the Empire, who are considered the bad guys by some treasers, uh, treasonous people. Uh, but in this movie, they're not. I wouldn't say that they seem to be the bad guys, but more of. They're the Just, law enforcement. Yes, they're the status quo. They're 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 um, the authority figures, but not necessarily the the evil ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Ian, how does it feel to know that we will be seeing a movie where we have these will what will be later rebel criminals, but actually being criminals? Okay. First of all. Han Solo was a criminal. We knew this. He was he was doing criminal things at the beginning of A New Hope. He was a criminal then, but then he changed his ways. By the time he becomes a rebel general, he... Well, I guess technically being a rebel general makes him a, a, a criminal in the eyes of the <laughs> Empire. But that all entirely depends on your, your thinking that the Empire is a legitimate government. Which um, I, well, they are. I guess it is because the Republic Senate actually voted it into. But it was and just thank you for happened. playing the first this... installment of Will This Piss Off Again. Shut up! Well, my wily wormos, I hope you enjoyed that 30 minutes of solo trailer discussion. I also hope you enjoyed our new segment, Will This Piss Off Ian? It probably will. I had far too much fun making that theme song today. If you have any questions, comments, or even compliments, you can send us an email at hothpod at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter handle, which is, of course, at hothpod. There you can find the latest updates on releases of Hoth Topics Podcast, assuming that Ian is doing his job of being in charge of the social media accounts. And if you happen to find yourself bored sitting at home, Watching the fifth season of Star Trek The Next Generation, like I am currently, you can always go over to hothtopicspodcast.com, where we sometimes post Star Wars news and op-ed pieces that probably should have been saved for discussion on the show. Well, friends, it looks like Lieutenant Commander Data, second officer of the USS Enterprise, NCC-1701D, has got himself in another time travel conundrum. So you know what that means. From all of us here at Hot Topics, this is John reminding you that when the deck officer tells you the temperature is dropping too rapidly, to listen to him, because your tauntaun may freeze to death before the first marker.